Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, Section 17, Chapter 201. At the time this happened, her husband, Antonio Fantini of Faventino, was away from home. Someone nervously brought him the news, and he ran at once to the tomb of Blessed Philip. There he fell on his knees and raised his hands and eyes to heaven. Swimming in tears, he begged the Blessed Father's aid, promising in his prayer that he would bring a painted tablet to the tomb to remind posterity about the miracle, if he would save her, whom no human skill could save. He ended his prayer and came home to find his dear wife close to death. In the meantime, they had called in a doctor whose name is Antonio de Franquis. He examined the woman and declared that it was all over with her. Since he had no hope that she would recover, he made no attempt to cleanse her wounds, necessary though it might be, because it would only cause her greater pain. All he did was to put some white of egg on her cut lip, no medication on her hand, and plaster of the type they call alboline on her eye. This was all the treatment he gave the woman because he believed her to be as good as dead. But I believe it was through the prompting of the Lord so that the glory of his servant Philip might be made plain. Her husband made a point of visiting the tomb of the holy man every day in his concern for his wife and there he begged Philip's aid with abundance of tears. His trust was not misplaced. For one day, as he was praying, Philip suddenly appeared to his dying wife. She was at once filled with extraordinary delight when he came and reverently implored his aid. He took up a clean towel, which was there for her use, and put it to her mouth. Then he gently inserted it into her throat and drew it out covered with blood and pus. While doing this, he said, do not be afraid. This trouble is not going to finish you. With no delay, her head and face were immediately freed from all her injuries. Her husband then arrived to visit his wife, and the Holy Father vanished at once. The woman was upset at this because she had been hoping that all of her suffering would have disappeared had he not vanished, and she burst into tears. Antonio asked her what she was crying about. She answered, may God forgive you. If you had not turned up, blessed Philip would have taken away all my pain. But the moment you came into my room, he went away to heaven. She told him about her vision and showed him the miracle. In the meantime, the doctor arrived, who observed that her cut lip had been healed through no medical means. It admitted 
that it must be classed as a miracle. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. After our Lord rose from the dead and appeared to his apostles, what did he tell them? What was his first gift to his apostles? Well, he breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. He, in a way, restored them to a state of grace. He restored them to his friendship after they had abandoned him, denied him. And then he said to them on Easter Sunday night, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, and whose sins you retain are retained. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Well, how did the Father send the Son? The Father sent the Son to reconcile the world to himself. The Father sent the Son to bestow upon us the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Father sent his Son into the world to raise us up and to take away our sins. And that's the mission that the apostles received from Christ. They were to carry on that mission of sanctifying and of reconciling humanity to God. And then when Christ was about to ascend into heaven, what did he tell them? Go into all the world and proclaim the good news, teaching them all that I have commanded you, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So in that command to baptize, Christ was commanding the most fundamental sacrament, the sacrament of baptism, the beginning of the spiritual life. But we saw on the day of the resurrection, 40 days earlier, that Christ also had commanded them to forgive sins, thus instituting the sacrament of confession, which we can go to a, a successor of the apostles and have our sins forgiven. Okay. But what other command did he give? Well, he commanded them at the Last Supper, do this in memory of me. They were to repeat the Eucharist. And so the fathers of the church, great theologians, have seen in our Lord's command to baptize all nations, not just a command to, to baptize, but a sacramental command was given. They were to teach and they were to baptize. That is, they were to preach and administer the sacraments. And what does this all have to do with tonight's reading? Well, we've seen over and over again in this little section on miracles performed after Philip was buried, that there is a, a suggestion of the resurrection accounts in each of them. And tonight, what's jumping out of this reading is the love that Antonio has for his wife. And it's not just a natural love. This is a supernatural love that he has for her. Okay. 
he runs to the tomb of St. Philip and he prays for her. He prays that she will be restored to health. And he doesn't just do it once. He goes back every day and prays and prays and prays. And then when he comes back and he's actually obtained her healing, partly, she kind of talks badly to him. She kind of insults him. <laughs> he takes it because he loves her. And he put up with the kind of rude doctor, too. The doctor did not have very good bedside manner. It's all over with her, he said. <laughs> then didn't really do much for her. Anyways, the husband puts up with all this because he loves his wife. And remember what our Lord did at the wedding feast at Cana. He turned water into wine, his first miracle at a wedding. Why? Because he wanted to show from that day forward that when a couple invites him to their wedding, he will actually show up. This is what we mean by a sacrament, a sign that brings about what it symbolizes, a sign that actually sanctifies us. And so from then on to the end of time, when a couple, a man and a woman, invite Christ into their marriage, he actually shows up and gives them grace. He gives them the grace to transform their romantic love, their intense human love, into something supernatural. So that a husband is given the love for his wife uniquely for her, a supernatural love for her, to want her to go to heaven, to want her true good, her supernatural good, to want her to be forever with God. And the wife gets the same grace. For, for just for this one man, it's a very unique sacrament, marriages. And married couples cannot forget that they have a power within them by their sacramental marriage. They have a means of grace that is this, their sacrament, the bond that's been formed between them. That bond can only end with death. It doesn't matter what the two of them do to each other. They are bound together, and the wife and the husband have a claim to God's grace. And when we see a husband and wife truly loving each other, even if they don't realize it, their grace is coming from their marriage. But it's much better if they can make explicit to themselves what they have. If they can realize what a source of grace, what a, a position they have in the church. This is why marriages take place publicly. Because the married couple has a vocation, a role, a public office in the church. That as long as they exist, as long as they are faithful to each other, no matter what, the world has a witness to Christ's love for his church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, as he gave himself up for her. A sacramental marriage is a sign to the world of the faithfulness of Christ to his church and of the church to her husband. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.